0: Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm your host, Pastor Jason. You know, we would really love to better connect with you here at Salem Fields, so please take the time to fill out your connection card by going to SalemFields.com slash contact and filling out that card, letting us know what your prayer requests are and maybe your needs so that we can best serve you here at Salem Fields. We also wanna remind you to faithfully give in your tithes and offerings, as this is an act of worship towards God. He promises us in his word that if we faithfully give to him, he faithfully meets our needs. And we want you to experience that today. You can do that by going to the green tab at the top of your screen where it says give, clicking there, go into the Salem Fields app or texting in the number that is located on your screen right now. You know, Salem Fields is all about trying to reach our community and supporting those in need. And we've partnered with Smith Station Elementary School this, this year to make sure that the students have the school supplies they need as they start the school year off. We know that many will be starting school off remotely, and then others will maybe be able to go into classroom hopefully um, in the next month or so. That doesn't mean that they won't be without the need of those supplies. So if you want to be a partner with us, you can bring school supplies that are um, you can find on our website at salefields.com and bring those to the church and put them in the bins out in the front of the building. And we'll make sure that they're distributed to the students that are in need this uh, school year. We're excited also that this week is our last summer movie night um, where this is a great opportunity for outreach to invite your family, friends, or neighbors to be a part of it. It will take place at Salem Fields starting at 7 30 p.m. Um, you want to be a part of that? Uh, we can come to the uh, Salem Fields parking lot. and uh, we, But you want to make sure you register for that by going to slash movies. And I believe you're all going to enjoy this movie as it's the movie that made, I believe, Reese's Pieces famous as We Phone Home to Elliot. You know, we also have a great time um, reaching our community throughout the weeks through with all the different. Uh, events that we have taken place, make sure that you're staying tuned at the end of the service to find out more information about that. We also want to remind you that at 1020 every Sunday, we have our children's ministry at, um, that streams live here at www.standelfields.com um, live, and our students at the same uh, location at 1035. We hope that you enjoy this day and this time of worship. Let's begin by just uh, opening our hearts to what God has for us today. God bless.
1: Rain, and every knee will bow Falls it won't breathe cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph, and my God will never fail, and my God will never fail. Yeah, I'm gonna see a victory.
2: Hey there, Selen Fields, how are you? This is James coming to you and uh, the countdown continues. And so uh, I'm looking forward to in just a few weeks joining you. I've been setting up offices, having meetings, and during the transitional things that need to happen to uh, make for a nice, smooth transition. Uh, I wanna thank some of the folks who have been involved in this transition. The board, of course, uh, as well as Jerome Hancock, Pastor Jerome, has been just a amazing leader. I've known him since I was a teenager, and uh, so he's been an amazing leader, and uh, he's been just the right person for this time of transition here at uh, Salem Fields. I want to thank the staff, too, who has picked up extra work and have worked very hard to make this a smooth transition, and all the volunteers who uh, have done, picked up things and have volunteered, the folks who have kept the building clean and have done all the hard work of helping us not just survive in this COVID-19 world, but also thrive. Well, this morning, I want to read some scripture for, me, for you today from Proverbs uh, chapter 4, verses 1-10. through 10. And this is what it says. And I'm reading from the message. If you uh, have listened to my, any of my messages, you know that I read from the Eugene uh, Peterson's paraphrasing translation, the message. And here's what it says, starting at verse one. Listen, friends, to some fatherly advice. Sit up and take notice so you will know how to live. I'm giving you good counsel. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. When I was a baby, at my father's knee, the pride and joy of my mother, he would sit me down and drill me. Take it to heart. Take this to heart. Do what I tell you, live. Sell everything and buy wisdom, forage for it, Uh, understanding, forage for understanding. Don't forget one word. Don't deviate an inch. Never walk away from wisdom. She'll guard your life, love her, and she'll keep an eye on you. Above all, before all, do this. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding. Throw your arms around her. Believe me, you won't regret it. Never let her go. She'll make your life glorious. She'll festoon your days with beauty. Dear friends, take my advice. It will add years to your life. The word of God for you today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you challenge us to take wisdom, to understand what it means, to not just to receive it, but to walk in obedience to wisdom. Help us, Father, to understand the difference between intelligence, common sense, and wisdom. Father, wisdom comes from you. And, Father, we seek wisdom in these days of uncertainty, in these days of not knowing what tomorrow holds. We do understand And we do ask for and covet your wisdom. And Father, help us not to just receive it, but to walk it out in our daily lives, at work, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in the community of faith, that we would be people of wisdom. Father, help us understand that wisdom comes from your word. It comes from your still, small voice. It comes from wise and mature believers in our lives who speak into our lives, Father. It comes through sometimes even viewing your creation and seeing how you have created everything and made it. So, Father, in these days and in these moments and in this season, help us to be people who cry out to you like Solomon. Give me wisdom for all that you are going to do. Even as we worship together today and we hear your word, we are eternally grateful Uh, And, Father, we say, speak, Lord, for your people are listening. Thank you for all you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Have a great weekend. God bless you.
3: Hello friends, I'm Interim Pastor Jerome Hancock and I'm thrilled to be speaking with you today about the idea of worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. Who is wise? That really is a big question for you and me to ask ourselves, who is wise? And I want you to really think about it today, wisdom. Uh, I've got some quips on wisdom, some wise things maybe you ought to know. Uh, First of all, Men, and ladies, you need to know this, even older men have two motivations. They are hunger and hanky-panky. I just have to tell you, and men can't tell them apart. So, ladies, if you see that funny gleam in your your husband's eyes, make him a sandwich. Make him a sandwich. Now, here's another uh, wise thing to know. Health nuts, you know, those that are crazy about every health health fad, they're going to feel stupid someday, lying in the hospital, dying of nothing. <laughs> Just think about it. And then number three, I want you all to know this and really take this to heart. Life is like a jar of jalapeno peppers. What you do today may be a burning issue later. I want you to really. Think about that one. A lot of application on that. And here's some quips of wisdom. Uh, Jimmy Carter's mother, Lillian, uh, once said, Sometimes when I look at my children, I say to myself, Lillian, you should have remained a virgin. Yeah, Uh, wisdom kind of comes slow sometimes. And by the way, I just want you to know, Wisdom, the kind of wisdom we're going to talk about today especially, is not a product of age. There are a lot of dumb old people. And I pray that God will help me be a wise old man. And I pray you'll pray the same way, whether you're young or old. Pray for God's wisdom. I also learned this piece of wisdom, and I've known this for a long time. The secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending. And to have the two as close together as possible. I know a lot of you would say amen to that. I found out, by the way, the cure for the aging process. In my ancient wisdom, I've come up with a cure for aging. Here it is. We're going to now make it work its way through Congress. That'll take care of it, don't you think? By the way, you may hear that life begins at 50, but everything else starts to wear out, fall out, and spread out. So uh, don't just count all your uh, you know, future <laughs> into the a- idea of getting older and retiring and all of that. By the way, Billy Crystal has said a long time ago, by the time a man is wise enough to watch his step, he's too old to go anywhere. (laughs) And then here's a piece of wisdom from my cardiologist. He said to me, Jerome, if it tastes good, spit it out. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of wisdom. "Quote unquote, flying around here and there. People all over the place have their idea of what wisdom is. But I'm just glad you're a part of this service today. We're in this sermon series called Family Reunion, and I love it. We've been looking at the ancestors of Jesus 42 generations back to Abraham. And we've picked six of his uh, generational ancestors uh, to focus on each weekend. And we've been talking about Abraham, Judah, Rahab the harlot, Ruth last week, Solomon today and next weekend, Joseph, who stood in as the father, the earthly father of Jesus. What a man he was. You see, every one of these people in the lineage of Jesus is very special and interesting. We've learned much from looking at their backgrounds, their faults, their choices, and especially their faith. And Though each is different from the others, God used all of them to bring his son Jesus into the world to be our Savior. And our character today, Jesus' ancestor, is Solomon. Solomon is the son of King David and Bathsheba, and he is the third king of Israel. We have Saul, then David, then Solomon. He's also the last king of the United People of Israel before they split into two kingdoms of Judah and Israel. He became king when he was very young, somewhere between 12 and 20, and reigned for 40 years into his 50s, maybe 60 years of age. He reigned those 40 years over the kingdom of Israel. He's often called the wisest man of his day. And so we have to wonder, how did he get that wisdom? How did he become so wise? Well, the answer is found in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 through 14, which say, Solomon showed his love for the Lord. That's a good starting point right there. He showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father, David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. So he was a worshipful guy, even though he sort of got his kingship and priesthood kind of mixed up. But uh, he had apparently a good heart about it all. Because at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, Solomon, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. What humility! What honesty is he just blatantly admits to God, I'm too young and too inexperienced for this job. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So Lord, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. I need the wisdom of God is what he's saying. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Solomon, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but you have asked for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Wow! You see, Solomon began his life as a young man, a young king who was humble before God. Consequently, God was able to bless him with great riches, honor, and wisdom. He built a great temple in Jerusalem, and his fame spread throughout the surrounding areas. He composed 3,000 parables, 1,005 poems. He talked about trees, animals, birds, creeping things, and fish. Men of all nations came to hear Solomon's wisdom, as, he, as did all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. And all that's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. Solomon ruled wisely and well in the early days, and the nation was united and filled with peace, joy, and prosperity. Now, when you think about those words, there's some other words that come to mind. They are love, wisdom, and purpose. Love, wisdom, and purpose. Three topics that have been contemplated by many across the centuries, both rich and poor. Solomon, the wisest man of his day, talked about them as well. Jewish tradition says that he wrote three books, the Song of Songs, which is the Song of Solomon in our Bible. It's all about love. And they say he wrote that when he was young. Sounds very logical, doesn't it? And then they say he wrote the book of Proverbs, a book of wisdom while he was in his prime, in his his middle days there. And he wrote Ecclesiastes about purpose after he had kind of grown weary of this world. In Proverbs nine ten, he wrote these powerful words: "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding." When you really understand, there's a great and awesome God, you begin your journey to wisdom. But the very riches, respect, and power that God given him, God had given him, began to change his heart. Oh, when your heart changes, that's not a good thing if it's not changing for the good. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines and most of them, many of them at least, were from other nations and he began to allow them to continue their pagan worship practices and over time he even built high places or worship areas for their heathen gods. Consequently, in 1 Kings, we read some sad, sad words about what happened to him uh, in chapter 11, verses 9 through 12. The Bible tells us the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. Oh, folks, is that wise? So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. And oh, that certainly came true. It certainly came true. You see in the life of Solomon, he had a son and that son began to serve as king. But soon everything went into chaos and we have two kingdoms following that and God's word has been brought forth as truth. Think about it. Solomon began with such a humble heart for God, and he receives wisdom and major league blessings from God, and he has his own heart turned away from the Lord over the years because of pagan worship until he dies in spiritual poverty. Was that a wise thing to do? Was Solomon truly wise? Think about it. Do you want Wisdom like that? I don't I don't want that. I don't want I want the wisdom that says when the storm is crashing down on me, I know on Christ the solid rock I stand. Don't move from that place.
1: of my
4: enemies When the storm is crashing down on me I will trust in what I cannot see I wait for you I wait for you You can part the violent You can read the depths of me I know nothing is impossible I know every chain is breakable I know on Christ the sun Dead fast to your promises. Jesus' blood and righteousness, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchained
3: So when we think about a song like that and a truth that says, I've got to stand on the solid rock, that's the only place of true wisdom. But how can I get it? How can I get to that place? We see there are a lot of things that we wrestle with in this life that are secondary to what God has for us. You see, um, there's several levels of things that we learn with our physical brains and with our minds and even our hearts. The first level is information. That's basically news. Uh, facts provided or learned about something or someone, a vital piece of information, information, momentary. It's all the news with which we are bombarded every day, names of cars, sports teams, cities, flowers, just stuff that comes to us, information. But the second level is knowledge. Knowledge is basically like science, it's facts, it's information. It could be mathematics, history, um, the skills acquired by a person through experience or education, the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject, like uh, a person who has a thirst for knowledge. I don't want just information. I want to know the things that matter. And knowledge is not just momentary like information. Knowledge is more lasting. It's an awareness of how things are or how they are meant to be. But then there's the level that we're talking about today, which is wisdom. That's the ability to think and act using information and knowledge as well as experience, understanding, common sense, insight, uh, unbiased judgment, compassion, your self-knowledge and virtues like ethics and benevolence and kind of putting it all together to where you can really come up with the eternal wisdom that are worthy actions and responses that flow from a proper mixing of all that information, knowledge, time, resources, and relationships, putting it all together to where you can wisely choose and where you can wisely discern next steps. If that's wisdom, I want it. And the question is, how can I get it? Well, They're essentially two kinds of wisdom. Let's just boil it all down. Worldly and godly, like our bumper video showed us earlier. Worldly wisdom, godly wisdom, worldly wisdom. Remember, everybody has a faith. We talked about that several weeks ago. Nobody knows, nobody has all the answers. So what's the voice we should follow? Neighbor, coworker, bartender, counselor, expert, life coach, maybe a professor genius like Stephen Hawking, why? Because he has, or he had, a little more educated guess, a a better theory, a hypothesis, his faith, till he died. And I have to wonder, did his wisdom carry him through? You see, the wisdom of the world is filled with lies straight out of hell. Satan himself is the father of lies. And there are statements people make all the time. Maybe you make some of these statements, and they are not true. Number one, some people say, time heals all wounds. Time alone doesn't. Number two, everybody's doing it. No, everybody's not, but sometimes we feel they are. Number three, God will never allow us to face more than we can handle. Oh, that's exactly where he puts us so he can show us his power and his resource. Number four, all things happen for a reason. <laughs> like God's got it all set out there and predestined it all. No. Oftentimes, the reason is my own choices and sins. Number five, if it feels right, it must be. Oh, how many of you have fallen into that trap? Number six, all things work together for good. Really? All things are working together for good? No, the Bible says in all things, God is working for the good. He's there to make the best out of it, but all things don't work together for good. Number seven, I'm a believer. I just don't go to church. No, that's That's an oxymoron. Christians want to gather with other Christians. They want to help, affirm, love, and be loved. That's what it is when you're a Christian. Number eight, it's just the way things were meant to be. Que sera, sera. That's life. What can I do about it? No, your choices make the difference. God gave you free will. Number nine, people can't change. Oh, I hope you don't believe that one. Number 10, it's just the way I am. It's the way God made me, Lady Gaga would tell you. And we listen to that, don't we? This one always gets me. Number 11, no matter how he lived, I know he's in a better place. He's passed away and I know he's in a better place. How do you know that? Based upon what? You see, that's just some kind of sympathetic, helpful little comforting thing. Basically a lie Satan is passing on to people. Number 12. All religions point to God. All roads of faith lead to the same God. No, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Number 13, you have to give up too much to become a Christian. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Satan uses that one all the time, but I'm telling you what. Yeah, I gave up a lot of mess, problems, and brokenness to receive his joy, fulfillment, and purpose. Praise the Lord. Number 14, nobody can live a holy life. (laughs) Well... I tell you what, I've seen some Christians that are christ ends, and they have lived for the Lord and given great testimony to me. Number 15, everybody lies, everybody cheats, nobody's perfect, and that's a lie. Not everybody. And maybe nobody's perfect in some crazy sense, but you can have a perfect heart. The Bible says, I'm going to put a new heart in you, and it can be right. My heart is, my desire is to be like Jesus. Am I? No, but I'm making progress. I'm growing, but my heart is right. So when you look around at the world's wisdom, don't you have question marks? Just look at politics. Look at the equality battles we're having right now. The sexual gender issues in the world today. Or our quest for money and wealth. He who dies with the most toys wins. You know, Satan is the author of confusion. (laughs) Are we confused enough? (laughs) Worldly wisdom. I'll tell you what, that uh, rags and riches type of idea that people are always Chasing after money and going with the he, die, he who dies with the most toys wins. Reminds me of a story I heard about this show-off rich guy in New York City. And his Mercedes pulls over to the side, opens the door to get out in traffic, and, and a taxi cab shooting by there just rips his door right off. And the guy goes berserk, my car, my Mercedes, you've ruined my Mercedes. And there's a guy standing over there and he says, sir, have you noticed? You've also lost your left arm. The guy looks down, sees he's lost it, and begins to yell, My Rolex! My Rolex! You broke torn up my Rolex! I tell you what, folks are crazy these days over stuff. Is that really wisdom? Satan wants to have us confused about what really matters. Worldly wisdom? It's your choice. But I recommend godly wisdom, and I want to share with you five steps to godly wisdom. Step number one to godly wisdom is Fear God. Here's the verse from Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 to 12. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's where you get started in wisdom. A knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days may be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This fear, yes, fear and the awesomeness the greatness of God, the fact that he holds the universe and our lives in the palm of his hand, we need to come to a healthy fear that's wrapped up in awe and reverence. And when we have that knowledge, we'll begin to grow in wisdom. Step two to godly wisdom is ask God. Remember the story of Solomon? He asked and he received. And I love the passage that we find over in the New Testament in the book of James But he says this, if any of you, in verse 5 of chapter 1 of the book of James, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I love that passage of scripture. You need help, you need wisdom, ask God. And I love how God responds. He gives it generously and he never goes, hey, didn't you just ask for help five minutes ago? What's your problem? No, he says he gives it generously when we ask in faith. So, First step to godly wisdom, fear God. The second step, ask God for it. The third step to godly wisdom is to trust God. Trust God. Grab hold. This passage of James chapter one, verse five, goes on in chapter six, and verse six. But when you ask, you must believe. you got to trust. You can't doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. If you're going to say you believe in God, believe in God. Grab, hold. So, fear God. Ask God. Trust God. Obey God. Obey God. That's the fourth step. We've got to live God's way and I love what it says about that in Matthew when we read in chapter 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount Jesus sums it all up with a story you remember the rich man the wealthy man both of them had money and ability but one was wise and one was foolish and so which one would you rather be? Matthew seven twenty four to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Mm. I don't want to be the foolish man living in a house built on sand. I want to be living in the house built on rock. How do you get wisdom? Step one, fear God. Step two, ask God for it. Step three, trust God to give it. Four, obey God in every step see, I'm glad to be a part of God's great big family, the family of God, and I'm happy that I'm a part of the Church of the Nazarene. We're trying to obey God by striving to preach the gospel to all the world. We have nearly 31,000 churches and 3 million members with more than 700 missionaries in more than 160 world areas. And even in today's crazy times, yes, God is still calling Missionaries, people to leave their comfort zone here in America and go to other countries to preach the gospel. I have a couple of friends and their children, Jim and Angela Domrose, who are middle class, regular folk Americans saying yes to God. And I want you to listen and pray about it as you hear their story right now. Jim and Angela. Hello, we're
1: your missionary family.
4: Jim and Angela Damos and we are Missionary Kids JJ and Gracie. We will be traveling 7,600 miles away from home to the country of Paraguay in the heart of South America for two years. We are, ra- we are waiting for the borders to be reopened so we can go even in the midst of this pandemic.
5: Yes, we'll be going as missionaries to work on church planting, evangelism, and discipleship and to help past- with pastor's education. Last year, God made it clear that I needed to step out of my comfort zone and leave my job, take my family, and go serve Him abroad. So I recently quit my job as an engineer and started walking in the path God is showing us. Please understand that I'm excited, but at the same time, I feel greatly stretched to take this difficult step to learn a new language and to sell everything I have and go live in a different culture far away from home. But I also know that I have to obey God's call because he says in John 14 15 if you love me you will obey my commands
4: for me I like calling it reverse missions I came from a third world country so I know what I'm facing but I live in the best country in the world and my master is calling me to go and share his gospel and make disciples in this case go to Paraguay and let me remind you this is not just for pastors or missionaries we believers we have the responsibility to obey Uh, this command to go and make disciples around the world.
5: Yes, we'd love it if you would partner with us by adopting our family. We're volunteer missionaries, so we really need your prayers. We would love hearing from you back home through our Facebook page called Hope for Paraguay. Or if you feel led to help us in any other way, please do so. We love you, and we hope that you too can be used to share the good news of eternal life through Jesus. God bless you.
3: So there are the four steps and that family is following them. They fear God. They ask God for help and wisdom. They obey God. They trust God. And there's a fifth and vital final step in all of this. And that is you got to stick with God. You see, that was Solomon's downfall. He started out great. He put his trust in God. He obeyed. But toward the end, he slacked off. He didn't stick with it to the end. And folks, That's not a good way to go. I want to encourage you to stay true to God. Stay up to date in your relationship with the Lord. Don't let it waver off to the left or the right. Stick with God. It's very solidly spoken to us clearly in the Bible. Jesus himself, Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 to 47 says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is or will be the faithful servant, the wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Step number five to godly wisdom stick with God to the end you know you can't just go on what you did a few years ago Uh, you got to keep it up to date and that's what Solomon did not do I'm blessed in my life because I had godly parents I had a mom and dad who had Jesus in their hearts and they lived in godly wisdom showed it to us as kids my wife and I've both been blessed that way with parents that godly wisdom oh folks Be a mom, a dad with godly wisdom. Ask God to give it to you. Trust him that he will. Obey him. Stay with him to the end. Give him everything. Don't hold back. My mother, she was a saint of God. In her 80s, down in Florida, they were retired, but they still prayed and sought God and served in churches and did everything they could to lift up Jesus. She was still sticking with God. (laughs) And one day she was praying. Lord, help me to take a cup of water today. You remember there was a verse of scripture that says, you know, if you'll take a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, he will bless it. So mom just had read that and she got to pray and she said, Lord, help me to take a cup of cold water to somebody in Jesus' name today. Well, lo and behold, that very day, a man upstairs called, one of their friends, but, you know, a neighbor, said, my caretaker couldn't come today. This is a guy who is bedridden. My caretaker couldn't come today. Could you please come and give me a cup of water? Mom said, sure. So she took him a cup of water and helped him with other stuff that he needed. And as she was doing it, guess what? She witnessed to him. And I have to tell you, praise the Lord. The man got saved on his deathbed. Got saved because mom prayed, Lord, help me take a cup of cold water in Jesus name. Not only did she lead that person to the Lord, But my mom evidenced her commitment to Jesus to the end of her days. You see, we can follow the world's confusing wisdom. You can do that if you choose. But I'm just telling you today, I choose and I highly recommend godly wisdom. It not only promises great blessings for this life, it promises them for eternity and in the lives of your loved ones as well. Where are you with it today? I'll never forget as a young man hearing the story of Jim Elliott, a young missionary to the Alca Indians of Ecuador. He and four others flew into that remote area and were later found dead. And he was writing in his journal, they found it later, and they read where he had written about the wisdom of going to such a dangerous place. He wrote these unforgettable words. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose folks. Wisdom is surrendering this little short life totally to God so he can bless, multiply it, and make it eternal. Oh, that's wisdom. Worldly wisdom would never understand that. They would never understand why Jim Elliott would go risk his life to preach the gospel. But godly wisdom gets it. And I want to challenge you. Are you a person of godly wisdom? Are you living wisely? How's this landing on you today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you know about every person's heart. I pray right now that you'd speak to us. Help me to hear your voice. Help us to hear your voice. And Lord, as each one of us hears you, may we say yes. May we ask for your wisdom. May we trust you. May we give ourselves wholeheartedly for, to it. Obey you. Walk with you to the end. And Lord, when we do that, we'll have the wisdom of God I want people to experience that, and I know you do more than I, so I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus you'd help us to open our hearts and trust you right now and receive the wisdom of heaven to live victorious Christian lives. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, folks, it's good to be a child of the king. God loves you, I love you, and that's the way it ought to be, and I hope that you can live the message of this next song that says, there may be times when my feet fail and fear surrounds me, promise is, God, you've never failed and you won't start now. Even when oceans rise, I will call on your name and my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
4: You call Faith will stand, and I will call upon Your name, and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul rests in Your.
0: Hey, we sure hope that you enjoyed your time with worship uh, here at Salem Fields today. We want to remind you that um, the school supplies, that you can uh, be dropping those off here at the front of the building to make sure that students at Smith Station have what they need to the beginning of the school year, as well as this movie night that is our last movie night on August 7th, um, where we'll be watching E.T., and we're excited about that, and you don't want to miss out. So find out more information by going to SalemFields.com movies. You know, we also have many things that are going on throughout the week that we want you to be a part of. We have our Deeper Dive that takes place every Monday at 2 p.m., our Journey Takeover on Tuesday on all of our social media platforms, as well as our Family Connect on Thursdays, and our live uh, Zoom prayer on Fridays at 9. You know, we'd love to make sure that you uh, have all the information that you need, and if there's more information about Salem Fields that you'd like to know, please email us at info at We hope you have a great week, and when you join us back for worship next week, God bless.